Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and I'm so excited that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today. This has been a pretty MedBridge-focused week at OT Potential. If you're not familiar with MedBridge, it is an online CEU platform where you log in, you watch videos of different OT-related courses, and you get the CEU credits that you need to renew your license each year. I've been a big fan of MedBridge for a really long time. They came on the market or onto my radar maybe five years ago, and the quality of the videos that they produce is just really high and really stands out among the CEU offerings. So about four years ago, I became a partner with them, and I offer a promo code on my site if you're interested in trying MedBridge and This partnership has just been an awesome one. They have been so great to work with and so uh, supportive of OT Potential. So if you're at all interested in MedBridge, I encourage you to check out my updated article, Is MedBridge Right For You? But what I really wanted to tell you about MedBridge actually is that they have these certificate programs where you can take a series of courses, usually nine or 10 courses, to kind of signify your expertise in a particular area. I know that there's, um, I think there's a pediatric certificate and an upper extremity certificate, but this past year I've been working on my rehabilitation research boot camp certificate, and this was a series of nine different courses, and I just finished that up this week. And one of the last courses that I took was called Translating Research into Practice, and this course just got me really excited about this podcast and about the OT Potential Club because it kind of reiterated some of the things that we've been talking about on the podcast. If you're new to the podcast and haven't heard our past discussions, just to kind of catch you up, um, what we do on the podcast is try to pull the most influential OT research that's come out over the past five years. There's tons of research that is getting published every year on occupational therapy, and it's really hard to filter through what's important, what's making an impact. Um, So that is something that we try to do for you. The past five years can kind of seem like a long time window. Some of the stuff that we're looking at this year is from 2014, which can kind of feel like a long time ago. But as I was watching this MedBridge course, they reiterated the research that I've seen that it actually usually takes 17 years for new research to be incorporated into clinical practice. So if we can help do that in five years, that is huge progress from where we've historically been at. I also learned some new data in the course. They said that 30 to 45% of patients are not receiving care that is considered state of the art. And 20 to 25% of care is not needed or potentially harmful. So that is obviously a problem and just part of what this podcast and the OT Potential Club is hoping to address. So anyways, it was a really great course. Again, it was translating research into clinical practice and part of the MedBridge platform. If you're interested in our promo code, the promo code is simply OT Potential, kind of 
all squished together, no spaces. And you can read more about MedBridge on the OT Potential website. So let's dive into our article for the week. If you are a member of the OT Potential Club, this is our article of the week for June 17th through June 23rd. And as always, the person who makes the comments with the most likes by Sunday the 23rd will win $100. If you are not familiar with the OT Potential Club, I will talk more about that at the end of this podcast. So the article that we're looking at today is called the 2016 update of the ULAR recommendations for the management of early arthritis. It comes to us from the Annals of the Rheumatic Diseases. This journal has an impact factor of 12.5, which is a pretty significant impact factor. Uh, This is one of the most influential journals that we've looked at over the past couple weeks. An impact factor of 12.5 indicates that In a given year, an article in that journal will be cited about 12 times by other journals. By comparison, AJOT, the American Journal of Occupational Therapy, has an impact factor that's more in the range of 3 to 4. This article was published in 2017, so it's fairly recent, and it is ranked 13th on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related articles. So this is a really exciting article to look at because it actually lays out treatment recommendations for managing early arthritis. They came to these recommendations by looking at all the evidence that was out there surrounding the care of early arthritis and then also incorporated expert opinion to come up with these 12 specific recommendations and three overarching principles for managing early arthritis. Early arthritis is defined as early inflammatory joint disease, and this article looks at the recommended course of action for those initial months following any joint swelling associated with pain or stiffness. And what's exciting for occupational therapists is that in recommendation number 10, occupational therapy, is listed as a treatment that should be considered as an adjunct to drug treatment for these patients. Unfortunately, there hasn't really been recent studies on the role of occupational therapy with early arthritis. So this recommendation is actually one based on expert opinion, and they are making that recommendation because of the research that is out there about the efficacy of occupational therapy with established rheumatoid arthritis. So they're saying that we know that this helps later on in the disease process, so we suspect that it will also help in this early arthritis stage, and the risk of providing occupational therapy is minimal. There's probably nothing that will hurt the patient by uh, doing this occupational therapy treatment. I also wanted to mention that these recommendations were put forth by the European League Against Rheumatism. That's where the acronym ULAR comes from. And these are recommendations that have been updated, I think, two or three times. So there's something that's been out there for a while. And every couple of years, it looks like every three to five years, they go in and tweak and make new recommendations based on the research that's out there. So what are the takeaways from this article for occupational therapists and occupational therapy assistants? I have three of them, and the first that I want to highlight is that early arthritis intervention seems to be this window of opportunity. Windows of opportunity is something that we've talked about already in the podcast. We're definitely seeing that 
in disease processes that there are these time periods where treatment is especially effective. Um, if you think of early mobility in the ICU or in the first months following a stroke, there is just this time period where the body is really poised to uh, be undergoing these treatments and they tend to have better outcomes if treatment is delivered in this specific time period. And so as you read this article, you'll definitely see that the first couple months of arthritis is a big opportunity for treatment. If arthritis can start to be addressed before there's actual joint damage, these patients are going to have better outcomes. And I wanted to share some of the data about this with you. These recommendations aren't necessarily related directly to occupational therapy, but I think it's really good to have on your radar in case you do see patients that have this early arthritis, just to help be aware of what treatment they should be receiving and when. And so the article says that patients presenting with arthritis should be seen by a rheumatologist within six weeks of onset. And patients at risk of developing persistent arthritis should be started on DMARDs, which is disease-modifying anti-rheumatic drugs, as early as possible, ideally within three months, as these two things really show better outcomes when they're done. So if you have someone who is referred to you with joint pain and it's only been a couple weeks and they haven't done these other steps already, that is definitely something that I would circle back to the primary care physician and talk to the patient about and make sure that these other courses of treatment are being done. So my second takeaway is that occupational therapists and occupational therapy assistants can really play a role in supporting the broader treatment recommendations presented in this article. So I wanted to basically just read three of the recommendations that I thought occupational therapists could really help with as part of a treatment team. Recommendation number nine is that arthritis activity should be assessed at one month and three month intervals until the treatment target has been reached. Radiographic and patient reported outcome measures such as functional assessments can be used to complement disease activity monitoring. So if you're working with a primary care physician, I definitely see these patient reported outcome measures and functional assessments as something that occupational therapists could be poised to do for these patients. Treatment recommendation number 11 is that smoking cessation, dental care, weight control, assessment of vaccination status, and management of comorbidity should be part of the overall plan of care. Those are all things that I can see occupational therapy helping with. And last is treatment recommendation number 12, that patient information concerning the disease, its outcome, and its treatment is really important. Education programs aimed at coping with pain, disability, maintenance of ability to work, and social participation may be used as adjunct interventions. So that education piece is really something that I could see occupational therapists help deliver as part of the care team, in addition to helping those patients improve their functional outcomes. And the last takeaway that I had was I wanted to highlight that this article advocated for shared decision-making. And this is something that hasn't come up in our research yet. So I wanted to just pause and kind of talk about shared decision-making. 
If you're not familiar with shared decision-making, it is a process of communication in which clinicians and patients work together to make optimal healthcare decisions that align with what matters most to patients. So definitely seems like a very kind of OT concept, and it is a model of making decisions that has been studied a lot in the research. There's actually a Cochrane review about it, and it's definitely getting traction and something that's being talked about. So I just wanted to highlight that concept if it's something that is new to you. There's a lot to be read about shared decision-making, and I'll link to some specific articles in the OT Potential Club. Okay, that is all that I have for you for this article. There's obviously a lot more that we could go into, and hopefully we'll do that in the form of the OT Potential Club. If you're not familiar with the OT Potential Club, it is a place where I provide written overviews of these articles, and I also include information on assessments that were highlighted in the articles and ways you could document specific cases. For example, for this article, uh, I'll provide an example of documentation you could use when seeing a patient in this early arthritis stage. Then we also have a forum where you can discuss what is presented in the article. If you have experience working with patients in this stage of disease, that would be awesome to hear from you. And it's just been really fun to interact with fellow OTs and CODAs and kind of learn from one another. As I mentioned before, I send $100 each week to the person who made the comment with the most likes. So you can head on over to otpotential.com to sign up for the club or to log in. If this isn't your thing, that is totally fine. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And it would also be great if you could leave us a review that helps us know what you like about the podcast and also helps people who might be interested in occupational therapy research find the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and give great care this week.